Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, uh, joined as usual by Jake McGee. Oh, I don't get a big adjective this week. Would you like a big adjective? Would yes, you like please. One? Okay. Uh, the insatiable Jake McGee. Thank you. And uh, the um, often inebriated Dave Somerville. I still don't know what that word means, so let's just get on with today's show. Well, you can look that one up. Uh, we're going to be joined later on by a gentleman from the NFL Scotland podcast, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, and that's Mr. Cameron Hobbs. He's going to be joining us very, very shortly. So uh, we're going to kick off with the news. Jake, do we have any news from around the NFL this week? Uh, we're on drips and drabs this week. Um most important thing that I saw today is 100 days to go to the season, which is always good news. Um, when we're starting to get to, to two digits, we're getting there, slowly but surely. Um, the only other news that I saw of note was uh, David and Joku getting a four-year, 56.75 million contract extension, uh, 28 million of that being guaranteed, and he now averages just over 14 million. Puts him at the fifth highest tight end. That's a lot of money from Joku. I mean, I think it's a good it player, is. but that that seems the fifth highest. Yeah, he's ahead of Mark Andrews now. Wow, I wouldn't be um, no no offense to the man, but I I would take Mark Andrews not just in fantasy football. I I would take him on my team if I was an actual head coach or GM. I'd, I'd take Mark Andrews fifth highest. But you know what? I think it's more a sign of things to come again. The contracts are getting bigger and bigger. Um, we've seen it so many times this off-season where some contracts getting handed out just appear ludicrously high. Um, and I think what's going to happen is, uh, I wonder when Mark Andrews' um, contract is up. Well, <laughs> because, I mean, that's we, we, why I used him, used him as the example because Baltimore always seemed to be ahead of the curve and they tend to get people locked in a year or two before the big boom. So I'm pretty sure he's, he's not going to be due one uh, for another year or two. Although I'm sure he'll be pushing for it now. Well, I think Baltimore have got enough in their uh, plate dealing with Lamar Jackson's contract negotiations. The other contract negotiation I saw is uh, rumours about um, Aaron Donald. He's contemplating retiring. If they don't get the contract sorted out, he said he would be happy with his career, as is. Uh, but I think he'll probably, they'll work something out so that he'll play at least at least one more year, I would think, with the Rams. Dave, do you have any opinion on that and what's going on with the Aaron Donald situation? Do you have any update for us? Uh, th- well, through my tears, I've just got covered of the tears just now uh, at the thought that he may retire. Uh, I mean, he, d- he doesn't have anything left to prove anyway. The man's just different. He's, he's in a league of his own. There is no one like him. There's no one going to be like him for the foreseeable future. Uh, but I, I, I think that the Rams will quite happily try to work the uh, alleged salary cap so that we can pay him a lot more and he should become the highest paid ever defensive man, uh, defensive player in the league. I, I don't see why he shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there's no update anyway. I think he's just enjoying the preseason right now, and I think he will be back for a couple more years anyway. I don't see him retiring before you know he's like 31, 32, 33. So I can't wait for next year. Um, and I don't, I don't see him turning down an opportunity to have Bobby Wagner behind him and Jalen Ramsey on the corner. So it's just no, and I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, how old well, is how old is it in Boston now? Uh, forever young. <clears throat> <laughs> just, just, he's, he's, he's well, last, 
the, the last quote I saw for him today was him saying that um, winning a Super Bowl ring is quite addictive. So that tends to, to me to say that he's interested in coming back. He's yeah, certainly leaving I, the door open. I mean, if, I think he's uh, I think he's just turned 31, 30, 31 this, the, in the last week or two. I remember seeing a thing on Ram's social media about his birthday. So I think, he, I think they would have said happy 30th it was. So I think he's either 29 or 31. I know which one I want him to be, but um, I, I, I have a few at the back of my throat thinking that it, might, it may be 31 as he is. But, um, <laughs> Split he the difference. Call, call him 30. Yeah. Split the difference. That's fine. I don't know. He's so, he's so I, I mean, look at uh, Von Miller. He's going to have a contract until he's like 80. So, you know, it's, it doesn't matter how old you are. Well, that was, you are. So he signed, uh, Von Miller's was six years, 120 million. But everyone's saying it's going to be three years. Yes, that's what the so general the consensus are there. is. Yes, yeah. okay. And uh, Donald turned thirty-one last week. Thirty-one. Ah, okay. There you go. So I, I wish I wasn't right there. Any other news <sighs> in the pipeline there, Jake? Uh, just that uh, a reemergence of Colin Kaepernick. He had his <laughs> first uh, team workout, what seems in years, uh, with the Raiders. It seemingly went quite well, and the door is open. He is not signed with a team or, or done any other workouts. My question to you guys would be. Should he be, you know, if he's wanting to come back to football like he says he is, and he's already said that he's happy to be a backup, should he be looking at the USFL or the XFL to kind of, you know, get back into it? Well, I think that he, obviously he wants to play in the NFL. That's what he wants to do. It's whether or not teams are going to give him the shot. He's been out since 2017. Mm-hmm. It's 16, 2017. 2016, yeah. 2017. And, you know, that, that last season that he played, he didn't play particularly well. I know people People look back on Colin Kaepernick and say, well, you know, he took his team to a Super Bowl. Yes, he did. That was quite some time ago now. And it's not like he did that in his last year before uh, before he didn't play again. Uh, now, I'm not going to get into the politics of the NFL as to why Colin Kaepernick is not playing in the NFL. Um, over the past three, four Five years, we've been hearing that you should be given a shot by teams. But he was given some, he was visited by a couple of teams, or he visited a couple of teams in that period, uh, shortly after he'd uh, left San Francisco, and they didn't pick him up. And there's got to be a reason for that. Also, I know for a fact he refused to sign a contract um, with Denver when uh, when he spoke to John Elway. Um, he was given an offer of contract and he refused it. He said it wasn't uh, wasn't enough money for him. So he may get a shot in the NFL. I think you're probably right, Jake. I think if he doesn't, he'd be as well to go to the USFL and try it for a team there because I firmly believe if the USFL is successful this year and again next year, if you know, stays afloat, does well, then NFL teams will be looking at those players with a view to poaching them, just, just like it was back in the 80s. No, well, um, I mean, I think this if if Cap doesn't make it this year, if he doesn't sign for a team this year, I think that that could be his NFL career completely over, officially over. Um, I I think the USFL, the XFL, and you can even include the, the Canadian league in that as well. Um, are potential destinations. I mean, he could even kickstart his career if he wanted to move into uh, coaching as well. You know, he's. He's not, age isn't on his side, but, you know, these are all avenues. I think what happened with Denver, I was aware of it. I do think he may have to temper his expectations, but yeah, it, it, look, the Raiders have said the door's open. He would obviously be in a backup role in any team that he goes to. 
doesn't mean that his career is over, though, but I think he needs to get in there this year or else that could be it. Maybe not Washington if he went there. I would have a shot in Washington at this rate I feel like <laughs> go there confident. I, I could barely throw the ball 20 yards let alone you know like d- down the field so I think I pop, pop, nearly popped my shoulder out the last time I did throw it 20 yards so um, yeah I'm in with a chance with, with Carson Wentz there Okay, so uh, that's the roundup of news. Very, very quiet this week, actually. Absolutely right, Jake. As I say, uh, coming up soon, we do have Cameron Hobbs from the uh, NFL Scotland podcast. Uh, but before we do, we're going to start in with our next segment, which is, of course, Jake's Hot Takes. So, Jake, what's your hot take for this week? Talk to me. It's going to be a great first impression for Cameron just to hear me whining. Um, <laughs> but my hot take this week is something that's uh, kind of revisiting from um, a few weeks back. And it's it's very, I wish we weren't revisiting it. Uh, tragic news that did, you know, something that did come out in the last um, few days uh, was Jeff Gladney. Uh, sadly passed away at the tender age of 25. Um, he was drafted by the Vikings um, and then was cut. Um, but signed a two-year contract with the Cardinals in March. Um, the hot take is that a man with a very secure job could say at the top of his profession has 9.5 million followers still feel you know still feels the need to take pot shots and bring up ne- negative aspects during such a sensitive time um, now f- from what he said and you know the way he goes about it it's something I'd expect from you know an up-and-coming journalist you know trying to get a few clicks that is not something that Adam Schefter needs. He doesn't need some clicks. He doesn't need headlines, you know, oh, please, you know, drop me a follow once you've you've seen this. We we saw it with the, the Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. And I said it then and I'll say it again. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything. Tons of, you know, players come out and say nice things. Tons of news things, you know, if they've not got anything nice to say, we'll just say, you know, has passed away, you know, our condolences, you know hopes you know hopes and prayers for the family but adam Schefter just can't seem to help himself he always has to write an article has to put in a dig bring up negative aspects instead of just you know the family come out and say you know we want to, you know respect our privacy at this time you know thank you for your you know prayers and, and mm-hmm. someone with such a large audience going out there and just bringing up negative so like what was when it he first what, posted, what did he actually what did he actually post um, let me find it because if the first thing we've initially just reported it and everyone was like oh no snide comment this time um, yeah. and then he you know went and outdid himself by um, putting up there he put up um, well first of all he put a picture up on the article that wasn't Jeff Gladney um, <laughs> so his article straight away was off to a good start when he pictured a player that wasn't Jeff Gladney Um Included the quote of, uh, we are asking players um, for their family and privacy at the moment, you know, during this difficult time. And then he put, signed with the Cardinals in March after a jury found him not guilty on a felony assault charge and then went into the assault charge. What's, um, what, I mean, brought, what's the you know, point, what's the point of bringing that up? Yeah, like I say, in the coming weeks, I'm sure other you know journalists would bring it up and it's, you know, one of those things. But the day of when you're reporting it and you feel the need... To one, post an article with the wrong photo, you know, well done. 9.5 million followers and you can't get a photo of a player, correct? Um, which, you know, low-key is just racist. Um, at that point, just putting up a wrong photo. Um, and then, like I say, why put a quote about, you know, respect and privacy and then feel the need to, you know, bring up things? You know, he's found not guilty. Why are you bringing it up? I, I, I'll i be honest. When 
Do you remember when the the draft was coming around last year, and and Adam Schefter put out the the report about Aaron Rodgers demanding mm-hmm. a trade, and then it came out that this never happened. He didn't have a source for this. Uh, nobody knew anything about it, and it was clearly just so that he could ha- come in with some breaking news on draft day when he knows, you know, everyone in the on the planet who's. Uh, interested in NFL is going to be watching just so he can get his face on the telly gate. As you say, he's got he's got a secure job. He's not going to lose his job. But you, you think, why are you doing this? And then when the Dwayne Haskins thing came out, that was just absolutely appalling. Um on you know and Dwayne Haskins Haskins was twenty seven years old, is that right? Twenty five he was over twenty I, I think he was around the same age was Oh was he the same age? Um and you think to to immediately bring up the fact that he struggled at Washington? You, th- you think why? Who cares? Who cares what what he did? The man has literally just passed away. His family and friends and colleagues are grieving, and you go, "Oh well, you know, he was a bust." He was twenty four. He hadn't even turned twenty four. Was it twenty four? I beg your pardon. Yeah, um, I think it was. A, it it does highlight a lot though in the way that the NFL is starting to. It's it's got this the 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 first there the first to get it reaps all the rewards regardless of how you know it, uh, inaccurate it is it it's it, it's with the media especially it's becoming a case that uh, with Adam Schefter with rap sheets with uh, not necessarily with Pat Pat McAfee because uh, he hasn't kind of he he's gone on he's been trying to get sort of direct uh, sources for his story for things that he's you know breaking and things like that so that's good for him but you, th- this is the second time that this has happened and it's not only it's it's cases where players have lost their lives you know it, it's this, as serious as it can get and yet nothing's been done about it nothing's come out of the NFL about it nothing's come out of the networks about it it worries me that it's setting a precedence that this is going to be. It's you know what? What? I give it a little bit of time, it'll be fine. That people will forget about it. I'm worried that that's the kind of approach that the NFL is taking to this. Was well, is it ESPN that Adam Schefter yeah. works yes. for? Yep. So that article went up on ESPN with the wrong photo. I had a, another Vikings cornerback. So all the comments were just immediately because it, it didn't get deleted for about 10, 15 minutes. Everyone immediately was like, "That's not Jeff Gardney. What are you doing?" Hey, before it gets deleted. Hey, before it's get... it took them fifteen minutes to realize. It's like this is ESPN. Like this is Adam Schefter. You know, nearly ten million followers, and you can't you can't fact check it. You can't get the right photo, and you still feel the need. You know, no matter how you know, he doesn't need it. That, that that's the thing that really annoys me. If you, you know TMZ, you you can expect this from TMZ, not from Adam Schefter. Yeah, and and not from ESPN, not from an ESPN employee. It's, it's 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 pretty. ESPN pretty are reporting old. are reporting trying to they they should be reporting facts, you know that and it they they don't have the necessary need to get these things out like that you know click of the fingers quick as quick as anything it's the the needs and requirement isn't there especially around something that is majorly sensitive get your facts together make sure everything is right it's not simple it it takes an extra couple of minutes but to these people apparently those extra couple of minutes are worth. You know, risking, you, uh, and you know, you're 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 being incredibly disrespectful. 
I mean, does anyone really care if um, Ian Rappaport tweets 30 seconds before Adam Schefter? Nope. It's it's no just ridiculous. Whatsoever. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Jake. I, I went flying on then when you were, you were talking about it. No, like I say, there's never, like Dave was saying, it's setting a precedent. There's never an apology. It's never kind of brought back up. ESPN have released a new article and like I say, there's, there's never an opponent. It's just kind of okay. We we made a mistake. We'll, we'll I'll delete the tweet, delete the evidence. It's like, well, I hate to break it to you, everyone can just screenshot it. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that one, Jake? No, just oh. sorry, Cameron. That that is your first <laughs> impression of me. But I had to. I just it really annoyed and upset me yesterday. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do now is we are actually going to introduce our guest, the very first guest we've ever had on the WinFL show. It's uh, Mr. Cameron Hobbs from the NFL Scotland podcast. Thank you for joining us, Cameron. Thank you for having me, and what an honour to be your first guest as well. And, and, and Jake, I don't think there was anything wrong with that rant at all. I think it's perfectly valid. I think there's some great points made, and particularly around the, the race that the media seems you've nailed it. I think Shefty's got a, a tendency to lean on pace rather than art. And I think that that's something that you could argue across media worldwide is a problem that we've got because it's all about being the first to say it, not necessarily saying the right thing, which is a sad sign of the times. But that's me getting on my old man rant right away. So, hey, there's how we start. Let's go from here, eh? <laughs> well, why don't, you, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, Cameron? So I am the co-host of the NFL Scotland podcast, uh, myself and Paul Mitchell, who is far more famous and glamorous than I am, started that podcast back in January of 2018. Um, I used to work uh, for Bauer, so used to work for Fourth Eyed North Sound radio stations like that, uh, doing football updates uh, in my circuit and doing that. I bumped into Paul a number of times, so kind of knew him and became friends there, found out he was an NFL fan. We ended up going to one of the live events in Glasgow together, and it was at that event I said to Paul, Paul, we should start a podcast. And Paul said, that's a great idea. So we did. Um, and we've been running since then. It's It's been great. It's been a, a wonderful time where we wanted to bring together the sort of NFL community within Scotland and just chat about the game in a Scottish point of view. You know, we started off thinking, right, let's get different guests every single week, though we found that that wasn't necessarily going to have a lot of longevity. Uh, and it's kind of developed, you know, we've got a team of six core members. There's a few people on the peripheral as well that are regular visitors. Uh, and, and we try and talk about the NFL with a Scottish slant on things. And, and hopefully people enjoy it. That's the best way to talk about the NFL, though, isn't it? With a Scottish slant? Absolutely. I think, I think it's we can all agree on that. <laughs> Especially so, when we've had things like, you know, Lawrence Times, obviously Scotsman, two yes. Super Bowl rings. Mm -hmm. We currently are going to have three Scottish connected players in the NFL next season, mm -hmm. which is phenomenal. So we got to embrace that. We got to embrace it fully. Um, and I think that as the NFL in the UK grows, there was a tendency to be very London centric and London focused. And I think that it obviously misses the mark for a lot of people. And you guys will know yourself. I mean, I'm in Edinburgh. I feel a million miles away from London. So, you know, you guys will feel even further because there's at least a boat in between you as well. <laughs> so, you know, it's it it was a disconnect. And you can kind of understand the disconnect when you're viewing an American sport, when it's American presenters talking to an American audience. 
uh, slightly different when it's supposed to be your home audience and you still feel, eh, this isn't really for me. So we just try to balance. Quite right. How many games have you been to? Oh, good question. Okay. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't actually know. Let's think. So I've been to, in the States, I've been to one, two, three, four games in the States. Oh, nice. I've been to MetLife, to Jets, Patriots. No, I'm not a Jets fan. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> I've been to Soldier Field to see Packers Bears. I've been to the Superdome in New Orleans to see um, Saints-Eagles. And I've been to Cleveland to see a preseason game between the Lions and the Browns. But I was there because of Jamie Gillen and I was there for BBC Scotland. So I, I'm counting it, but uh, that counts. I was in the press section for that one. Which that counts. The, lush, <laughs> the lush, Scottish hammer. Uh, Absolutely. I, I know I know you mentioned Lawrence Tynes there. Um, I believe I, I read something, I think, after um, his first Super Bowl. He Did he get the game ball for that one? And oh, good, good. he had it made into a sporran. I think there is something about that. I don't now, know. I don't know if that's an urban myth, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll ask him the next time we're speaking to him. So Lawrence is somebody who we've been lucky enough to speak to a couple of times. Um, he is very passionate about his Scottish upbringing, which is tremendous, and he is really engaged with us. So yes, I think that there is a story about that with Tynes. Where he had it done in Perth as well. It was a Super Bowl bowl, and it was a Super Bowl soup. The G's Super Bowl ball. Um, <laughs> Easy so for you to say. Absolutely right. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I've not even been drinking yet. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so he definitely has that tie, which is brilliant. He's a big Celtic fan. So I remember as well that the Celtic man. I'm sure it was Martin O'Neill did a message for him on the BBC wish him good luck when the Giants won their last Super Bowl um, which is fascinating because obviously you've got Graham Gano there, big Celtic fan and then you've, sorry, you've got Lawrence Tynes, big Celtic fan and then you've got Graham Gano who's coming, Gordon Arbroath big Rangers fan <laughs> so you know it's um, even when you get to these guys uh, playing in the NFL you've still got an old form divide, what can you I wasn't, I wasn't aware that, that Graham Gano had any connections here yeah, Graham Goodall was born in Arbroath, um, so he was uh, born in Arbroath, raised up there, moved over to the, uh, the US when he was young. Again, a very similar story, mm -hmm. I think, to Lawrence, where his dad was uh, stationed over here. So, grew up uh, as a Rangers fan on the back of it, but Graham Goodall, absolutely a Scotsman. So, you know, and we claim him. Um, we had a lovely... Mind me mentioning them, but we had a lovely sponsorship deal with Loch Lomond Whiskey this year, mm -hmm. and we were mm -hmm. lucky enough to be able to send over a bottle of uh, NFL Scotland branded Loch Lomond Whiskey to both Graham and to Lawrence. Uh, we sent one to Jamie Gillen, who of course did as well. Jamie's a, I'm not going to say more or less of a, he was in Scotland longer, um, obviously played rugby until mm -hmm. he was about 14, then went to America. And obviously his story, the amazing one, where his friend sent a video on Facebook to someone, Kicker had just changed their mind about what school they were going to. And he was given a scholarship purely on the back of a video that was sent on Facebook, which is an amazing story in itself. Mm -hmm. And then obviously he's had a massive trajectory from there. It's now at the New York Giants this year. Currently on the depth chart is really the only punter that they've got. So fingers crossed, he's going to secure that. And you're going to have uh, a Scotsman holding the ball for a Scotsman to kick a field goal over this season, which is tremendous as well. So, we're, you know, we're, slow, we're, we're slowly but surely taking over. 
Just one, one at a time. We'll take over Inevitable. the NFL. Inevitable. <laughs> the Scottish invasion of the NFL. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, more about yourself, Cameron. I understand you are a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. How did that come about? So, I, this is a long story, but I, like many people, got into American football in the sort of 80s, 90s when it was on Channel 4. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest, at that stage... <laughs> I was a Dallas Cowboys fan because oh. they were always on the telly. Yes, they were. Because Channel, you know, they were the Super Bowl winners repeatedly. So you naturally build an affinity to the teams. My eldest sister was actually working over in Dallas at the time as well. Brought me back some merch. Of course, I had my single star on and Dallas Cowboys fan. Lost touch with the game for a long, long time and picked it back up again in about 2011. Fell back in love fully and decided to come at it as a neutral. By 2012, I'd found my team, uh, and that was the San Francisco 49ers. I just loved, uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of things in my life at the time that pointed me towards San Francisco. I actually got married in 2012. San Francisco was one of the venues that we went to as part of our honeymoon. And this, sadly, the Niners were playing in Minnesota that weekend, so I wasn't able to go. There was a team playing in the Bay Area. It was the Oakland Raiders. I didn't think taking my new wife to Oakland as part of a honeymoon was a sign that things were going to last. So therefore, we decided to refrain. <laughs> I took her to Macy's instead. Um, but from that point, I kind of became a Niners fan. My first game that I went to live was Niners-Jags down at Wembley. Uh, and I can't remember the fourth quarter because I bumped into a bunch of people that I knew who randomly had managed to get seats near us. We got absolutely steaming at halftime. So, you know, the third quarter's questionable. The fourth quarter's an absolute blank. Uh, an amazing day out, brilliant fun. Got to see Frank Gore score the first live um, NFL touchdown. Up until that point, Frank Gore had been a favourite player of mine anyway. It was just a lot of boxes that were ticked. It meant that my heart was in San Francisco. And thus, there it has remained. So that's me, San Francisco 49ers fan. And we've managed to blow two Super Bowls since then. So that's tremendous as well. Ah, it happens to the best. Right? Happens to the best of us, even the 49ers. <laughs> oh, shame. Well, your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick then? So the Kaepernick thing's interesting. Um, I can understand why he doesn't go to the USFL or XFL purely because he feels that he is better than that. And I think he doesn't need football in his life enough to feel that he needs to go down a level to prove himself again. I think he, if someone's willing to take a chance on it, he's going to say, brilliant, I am going to come and I'm going to play football. But if, if there's no one in the NFL willing to take a role, then I think he's got enough income in his life through the other stuff that he's working that means he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to like get paid a small amount to go play at the USFL perhaps risks himself to injury and things like that. But I can absolutely understand why people question his passion then. And if he's not passionate enough to really want to play football, is he really worth taking the risk? So there's a lot of questions there. It's been so long now that it's, there are so many question marks. Was he a great quarterback? At one point, yes, I thought he was. But he didn't play well towards the end. And I wasn't sad to see him leave as a, as a player. Um, you know, I was... I, it was all for the stuff that he did off the field, and I think the, the campaigning that he does is still tremendous because there's a lot of people that quite loudly shout in their face and shout him down, and he continues to stand up for what he believes in, and I think that's a really important thing. But um, as, as a player, and purely as a player, I quite pleased him go because I didn't think he was the right man. And then we got Blaine Gabbert, so that worked out. <laughs> um, uh, you know, frying pan fire, I think is what we call that. 
Um, but you know, I think that it's interesting to see what he does. I would love to see the Raiders take a risk on him. You know, they take they had Mariota as a backup last couple of seasons. Kaepernick is in the mold of what Mariota is as well, I think. And therefore, as a player in style, it slots in nicely into what Mariota could have come in and, and contribute. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually gets a gig there or not. I wish him all the best, and I would love to see him back in the NFL. I think it would be. That's actually a, a lovely segue because uh, I'm going to put this to you, Cameron, but this is also going to you, Jake and Dave. We actually, I actually got asked a question by one of our listeners. Uh, just earlier on today, I got a message from one of our listeners and he has a topic of discussion for us. So what I'm, I'm going to phrase the question as he put it, this has come from a, a Raiders fan, uh, Christian, and he said, what, if anything, would make you stop supporting your team? And if you did, who would you then support? He says, I'm a Raiders fan, have been since 1976. Chanced them in the world of sport and television, immediately fell for them. And he says, over the years, it's been difficult to support the Raiders, starting with the move to Los Angeles in 1982 from Oakland. For the last few years, it has become a chore instead of a ple- uh, pleasure. The move to Las Vegas was an absolute um, of a place. Uh, insert uh, your own word there. Uh, Gruden, just not a coach, but a person, just a horrible person. And the latest revelations regarding the backroom after what's been a great off-season. Um, he was really starting to look forward to the season, he says, but I really question why I keep on supporting them. But then I remember back to Madden, Plunkett, Marcus Allen, etc. And I carry on. But is there a point where you say enough is enough? As for other teams, being a Raiders fan, he's does have a fondness for the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. And although he plays for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is his favourite player, but supporting the Chiefs could never, ever happen. What do you guys think? That's an excellent question, Christian. Um, at what point do you stop supporting your team? Is What's the, the reason that you would absolutely just say, I'm done, I'm not supporting this team anymore? Dave, I'll put it to you first. At what point... Do you think do you think there would ever be a point that you would stop supporting the Rams? And if you did, who would be the team you would start rooting for? Uh, I mean, I've been supporting the Rams for twenty years. Uh, it, it's hard to imagine. I think, from a moral standpoint, yes, that would be the boundary. Uh, I'm not going to go into specific case of what we've seen, particularly in this off season, um, but that those were would be slight examples of what. I, I think would make me seriously question um, should should I be supporting a team? You know, I, I, like most fans, I do buy merch. Uh, obviously, we're across the water. We're a lo- I can't get further away from LA, but I still try to you know buy some merch. Or um, like my daughter has a, a Rams top. Um, she she just kind of cheers on just because everyone else is cheering them on. Fair enough to her. But you know, the, we're still. She, I, I want to say it would take a lot, mm-hmm. but I think the faith in the NFL has been severely damaged because of what's happened in the offseason uh, this year in particular. I, I think the moral, there is no kind of moral standpoint where you think, yeah, this is this is a good thing to, we, you know, we've got a platform in the NFL where mm-hmm. We can influence things. We can influence things for the better. Uh, you've got players that, that this is to me anyway the reason that we have awards like the Walter Payton Award. You know, you, you've got yes. you've got um, Ad, uh, Andrew Whitworth, fantastic work in the community. He's all about positive change, using his platform for good. But then you've got other incidents that happens that make me really think: Are they sort of giving with one hand and 
slapping with the other one at this exact same time. You know, it's it's there's it's like one step forward, two steps back half the time. So yeah, that's the kind of thing uh, I would kind of it would make me really shake my kind of support to the core. But uh, you know, not that I'm saying other people should maybe take some hints, but if you want to support another team, the Jets are fantastic. Um, <laughs> is that, is that yeah, who you yeah, would yeah. that's who you would support? The Jets. You know what? I, I would consider it because I think the Jets. Everyone wants the, the Jets are kind of the underdogs now. I mean, the, the Texans are just laughing stock. So you got the Jets are the underdogs, um, and I, you know you can't get much worse than the the Jets. Maybe the 49ers, but we, we don't need to go into that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, I think I, I, put, I would put, consider supporting either Jets or the Giants more so that, you know, one, I, I could maybe, uh, if one day I would take a trip to New York, maybe uh, you, you can go see your team uh, at that time. I, I think that would be great. But, you know, it would take a lot for me to um, desert the Rams, I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, that that's but without going into specifics. My faith has been severely rocked in this kind of preseason. Um, Cameron, before I before I put the question to you, um, I'll, obviously you've been watching this since the nineties as well. A reminder for those listeners that we've got here: um, the Cleveland Browns went defunct in nineteen ninety seven. I think it was um, Art Modell up the team, moved it to Baltimore, changed the name, changed it to the Ravens. Some of the fans supported the Ravens who are in Cleveland, but very few. The rest of them just said, we're done. We're not supporting anything Art Modell does. And when the new Cleveland Browns came back in 1999, so I think it was two years later, the new Browns, as they are in their current incarnation, a lot of the old Cleveland Browns fans either didn't support the team at all or were following the Baltimore Ravens. And it, it took a few years for a new generation of Browns fans to, to, to come up. So, Cameron, I'll put it to you. Is there anything that would make you stop supporting the 49ers? And if you did, which team would you go for? Would you go back to Dallas, maybe? Oh, no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I can clear that one up quickly. Um, so, and, and actually, part of that answers the p- first part of that question. I think the only thing that would make me stop supporting the Niners, or, or, and this is, I think, true of any probably wouldn't be anything that would be done on the park it would be about things done off the park Uh, and funnily enough you mentioned the cleveland browns and i think that it's a really interesting one even this year because of the the sean watson situation and whether or not there are some and there seems to be quite a lot of browns fans have said that they don't like the way that things have the manner in which um, you know, with obviously a lot hanging over him, yeah. innocent until proven guilty, absolutely. So I'm not coming down on that either way. But until that's been resolved, to to have made such a grab and to have offered up so much is obviously the optics of that. Uh, depending on which way you land on it, can be quite extreme. So I can understand where some of that stuff that's done, you know, when at all costs. Um, you know, I think in any sport, if there's somebody on the park that you're rooting for, you want to be able to fully get behind that person. And if you can't get behind that person, that's going to make you question how much you truly support the team that that person is there for playing. Um, interesting, you know, going back to Christian's point, and I feel like Christian's already unsubscribed from the NFL Scotland podcast <laughs> after I slammed Oakland as he's talking about the fact that they've moved to Las Vegas, which he 
poo-poos and I actually went to Vegas as part of that said honeymoon as well. So I feel like I've, I've not won Christian over yet, but I feel like he needs to hang with the Raiders because for me, one of the true values of sport is following them through those absolute barren years. And I think that there's, there's value to be had in following a team that is absolutely honking for year after year after year because when that success does land, it tastes that bit sweeter. It really does. Those two lost Super Bowls that I talked about, it's worth going through them to then taste glory when it eventually comes. And I think that there's a journey that you go on with your team. But I, I think fully embrace that. Uh, you know, coming back to Dave's point about being a Jets fan, that's the reason that you'd go and be a Jets fan. I think that that's, you know, you want to be part of that story where it's a, a team that's just ashes and you want to see them rise again. You want to see them work their way back to greatness and you want to be part of the journey as you get there. So coming around then, if I was to change though, I think it couldn't be another NFC team because if I'm going to stop supporting my team, I'm going to have to flip to the other side mm. so that at least I'm not having to root against the team that I have, um, that has broken my heart. I've had to move on from so, you know, you look at the AFC and I think that the Buffalo Bills is a great shout because I think there's a lot of ties between the Bills and Scotland. That, you know, those four Super Bowl defeats in a row has something very Scottish about it in the manner in which that was done. Let's be honest. You know, that's that's a level of heartache that only a certain few can can take and continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think up there in the cold, you know, into the elements, there's something hand, old handed like mm-hmm. around the stadium up there as well. Uh, and we've all seen someone get put through a table up here in Scotland as well. Let's not lie. So, Absolutely. you know, the Bills, the Bills fits perfectly. Um, I think if I was a fan, actually, the Ravens you talked about, because the other part to this is I think timing is so important if you're going to make a decision like that. Like, if I was coming into the sport now as a Scottish person, I would support the Giants or the Ravens because of Graham Gano, Jamie Gillen, and because of David Ajabo. So, you know, you're coming into it and you're finding a connection to a team. Well, the Baltimore Ravens is definitely a team with a great connection. And again, I feel like there's a... First of all, I think the, the kits are phenomenal. I think that's a really nice kit. The the purple the top purple, is yeah. really, really... Oh, it's really good. Um, so, you know, big fan of that stuff. Uh, you got to then go... If I'm going to support the Baltimore Ravens, that means I've got to go to Baltimore. So, you know, let's move on to the next <laughs> thing, which is about the holiday potential. And then you start looking through some of the other locations, and the Dolphins are immediately going to come. Yeah, up. Miami, I, I, I was, I was of the opinion that if I was to change team, I'd probably pick the Miami Dolphins purely because a, you get your games at six p.m. instead of yep. nine p.m. over here, so that's much better. And b, if I ever wanted to go and see my team, I'd be somewhere nice and warm, and fairly easy to get to from the UK, which is important. Yes. And I think the only other one I would chuck into the mix there would be the Tennessee Titans, just because you get to go to Nashville. And I think, you know, a a long week in Nashville, sign me up, tell me where I need to do that. So, and again, I think color combinations with those Titans kits, really sweet. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'd ever do it. It would have to take something pretty rotten off the park. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it would be one of those luxury location AF teams or the Bills. And and I think Christian should continue to that his last Vegas Raiders. Because Vegas is all right. I, d- I don't. Th- I don't think it's really the fact that they moved that's convincing him to leave the team. I think it's everything else that's happened since they've landed in Vegas. It does. Uh, the, uh, it does yeah. seem to be one thing on top of the other. And as you said, it it's it's stemming from the back office, you know, and the management. Yes. And it's just that's hard to deal with. Hard. We, yes. we touched on it though that 
everything that has ha, since the NFL has got so heavy in Vegas, everything has gone wrong in the NFL has seemed to happen in Vegas. It does you know, appear it, to be that way. It does. Yes. I mean, I mean, you could go back to Calvin Ridley. You know, that that was very <laughs> Vegas. Uh, there's been a few instances in Vegas with players, but yeah, yeah it's it's a curse of Vegas. Um, Jake, you uh, New Orleans Saints have disgusted you. What do you do? At what, at what point do you stop supporting the Saints? Do you stop supporting them? Is there no limit? And if there is, who do you go to? What do you reckon? Well, as my soccer team have been honking since I've born, there is normally no limit for me because you just keep <laughs> you just keep trucking along. But um, it would definitely be either the team moving away hastily. I mean, you know, with the hurricanes and kind of natural disasters around Louisiana, there's always rumors of them moving to San Antonio. Yeah, that would certainly turn me off. Um, but on the back of what Cameron was saying about you know recent, uh, I think Dave mentioned as well, recent things, you know. Moral-wise, um, the Deshaun Watson, that I wouldn't have stopped supporting Spates. I definitely would have took a step back. Um, it would have been hard, you know, especially if we did what the Browns did in terms of the, the contract and weaseling our way around it. It certainly yeah, is hard to I, kind of back those kind of decisions. Yeah, I'm so, sorry to interrupt you, Jake, but um, it, we're also not that far removed um, just a few years now from when the Chiefs released Kareem Hunt, who mm-hmm. was in his prime. And they just kicked him and said, we're not having this on our team. Find yourself a job somewhere else. And the Browns swooped up and got him in 24 hours. Um, so they've got yeah. form. They've got prior to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, sorry, Jake, carry on. No, I, I like David said, I think we've discussed the Raiders and then on the back of what Christian, you know, I really like the question from Christian, but with the Raiders and teams like the Commanders, it, there always seems to be something. I, you know, it would be a real struggle to be proud to be a fan of that team when any time, especially the Raiders now, you know, on the field they look. You know, of course you would love to back the Raiders at the moment on the field. They've got some exciting talent, but on week after week, you know, season after season, that always seems to be off the season, off you know, off the fields issues. It would be really hard. You know, if you were in a pub with someone, go, oh, who do you support? And everyone's like, oh, I support the Packers. I support this. You buy Raiders. You know, how do you get how do you like feel proud about it when your team continues seems to make mistakes or you know, there always seems to be some sort of drama circulating around them? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, I, I would, oh, sorry, Jake, did you tell us who would you support? Oh, I have a very big soft spot for the New York Giants, the Giants, um, yes. yeah, growing up, obviously, you know, with New Orleans, you know, Arch Manning, and then my college football team is Ole Miss and Eli Manning. Um, so I've got a big soft spot for, for the New York Giants. Plus, they beat the Patriots, so what's not to love? They did indeed twice in the Super Bowl. Lawrence Tynes. <laughs> and Lawrence, <laughs> and Lawrence so Tynes, yeah, the Giants. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I I would be really hard-pressed to, to, to leave the Broncos, I'll be honest, because, like you were saying earlier, Cameron, you know when, you, when you've gone through the lost Super Bowls, um, and I, I started supporting the Broncos in the 80s. And it was the John Elway years. And those three Super Bowl losses to the Giants, the Reds, uh, redacted. Washington redacted. And then the 49ers. And I thought, this it's so painful. It's just so painful. So when the Broncos finally won in 97 and 98, I was just over the moon. But I think that exactly the same as all you guys. I reckon if something happened in the back office that just had me... Uh, you know, seeing red, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably keep it in the conference, not going to lie. I think if I went off the Broncos, I would want to see them suffer. 
So I think I'd probably go. I would. Yeah, you know, I'm petty that way. So I'd full Bobby Wags. That's what uh, yeah, full Bobby Wagner. Yeah, it's really petty. So I'd I'd probably I like the idea of Buffalo. I'd because I've always had a soft soft spot for the Bills as well. And do you know what? I might go for the Chiefs. Ooh, I I just love Patrick Mahomes, and I know he's a division rival. But I, I'm a huge fan of Andy Reid. I'm a huge fan of Patrick Mahomes. And I think the Chiefs are one of the classiest organizations in the NFL. Very rarely do you hear anything seriously negative coming from the back office in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Very, very rare. Even if you go right the way back to their history, it's very rare. Another organization that just shows stability right across the board. Been a few things, but nothing major. Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they've had, what, three coaches since 1970. Yeah. Um, is that right? That's not right. It's something like it that. It is right. Yeah. 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 Think, it was yeah, Chuck Noll like in the 70s, and then it was Bill Coward after Chuck Noll, wasn't it? Yeah. And then Mike Tomlin. Yeah. That's, I can't remember. I don't think there's been any. I can't remember off the top of my head anyway i'd need i'd need to fact check that but the pittsburgh steelers because you want your team to be stable and i think what christian's getting at is the point that the raiders formerly of oakland then la then oakland then la then vegas are just Mm -hmm. the antithesis of stability in the nfl so i see where christian's coming from from with regards to the raiders if i'm if i'm you christian and you're listening you should just ditch the raiders today don't listen to what cameron's saying (laughs) you should just ditch them and join the join the broncos and then you can stick it to the raiders twice a year hopefully that's that's my idea that went downhill quite quickly. There's six to him twice a year. Ho- hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. No, hopefully, hopefully. Well, the Raiders, yeah. the Raiders are looking good, you know? Yeah. I also I think, think you said without any sort of hint of irony that there's been no off-the-field nonsense in Kansas City when they have Jackson Holmes doing nothing but off-the-field Oh, I know. Nonsense. Yeah, no, I mean so, in, I mean on, within you know I mean? the organisation. <laughs> um, Pat, oh, listen, Patrick Mahomes is the kind of guy that he comes across as such a nice guy. And he's obviously one of the most talented quarterbacks who's ever played the game. That's not a question. But, oh, my goodness. You know they say you can't pick your family? Uh, ah, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, well, you can when it comes to your, your wife. You know, I'm just saying, Patrick, but, you know, there you are. Yeah, so I know I need, I need to be careful, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, I'm not, not doing very well here uh, in, in ingratiating myself towards Kansas City fans. <clears throat> but the only Kansas City fan that I know doesn't listen to this podcast, so we're all right. So, gentlemen, let's move forward. Um, we are going to dive into, we're going to get some predictions, early predictions for division winners. So before we do, last season, um, AFC division winners. We're going to do this uh, east to west. So uh, in the east, Buffalo Bills won 11 and 6. Uh, AFC North, the Bengals won 10 and 7. Only won that by half a game. Uh, the AFC South winners were the Tennessee Titans at 12 and 5. And the AFC West winners were the Kansas City Chiefs, also with a record of 12 and 5. So I'm going to put it to you, this gentleman. 
Are any of them going to repeat? Are they all going to repeat? Are any of them going to finish last? What do we reckon? And Cameron, as you're the guest, let's start with you. I'll start with the AFC East. Do the Buffalo Bills. What do you reckon? Who's going who's gonna to win the AFC East? Yeah, it's got to be the Bills. I think that there was, to be honest, and super beyond myself, I see the Bills potentially going to the, on the AFC um, and that's a stacked AFC this year. I, I can't see anyone else in that division uh, really challenging them. Interesting to see what's going to go on in Miami. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's big changes there. New head coach who well, I was sad to see leave the Bay Area. But, you know, what? I wish him all the very best. Um, but the Bills are so talented. There's so much to like there. Um, Josh Allen really continues to grow all the time. So I can't see beyond the there we go. Uh, Jake, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think uh, what Cameron touched on there, that the battle of a second place is going to be very good in that division. You Definitely. Mean, the Jets and the Dolphins are you know, up and coming. The Dolphins probably a bit ahead of them. And then the Patriots, just ever present, seem to have found their quarterback. So I think I'd be very interested to see who comes second, but I'd be astounded if it's not the Bills. And Dave, are we all in consensus that the Bills are going to win? And do we all think the Jets are going to come last? No. Come on, Dave. Um, right. Well, well I, Throw I think it's on one. The marks. No, it's one year too early for the Jets. Uh, I, I think they've got. They finally got some of the building blocks that they need for a really successful franchise with what they've done in the draft. I, I say, I, I would say the same with the Giants. But since we're focusing on the Jets, I think, um, yeah, I, I was pretty much going to say it's going to be an interesting battle for second. I think the Pats might come last. Oh. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say the Pats will be last. I think the Dolphins and uh, the Dolphins probably slight winning record. Jets were a slight losing record, but I, you can't look past the Bills. It's it's just impossible at this point. Um, you know, it, it, in within the AFC, it's like Cameron touched on. It's absolutely stacked, and it's going to be amazing. But the Bills are going to walk away with their their own kind of division, and it's going to be see how close the chasing pack get. Well, this is true. I mean, the the Bills. They did win last year. They won it by one game over the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's down not, let's, Belichick, that's brave. Let's that's, that's not brave. forget that. Now, I'm not saying the Patriots are going to win it this year, but with a rookie quarterback, they were one game behind winning the division. So, just putting it out there. I, I still think the Bills are going to win, particularly because they've got Von Miller. And, uh, yep, I think they're going to win. I think the Patriots do come second. And I think it's Dolphins third, Jets fourth. I I think it's going to be exactly the same as last year. um, But I think it's going to be close again. I don't think the Bills are just going to run away with it. Um, I think the Patriots are going to be good again. God, I hate to say that, but, you know, that's what happens. Uh, Moving on to the AFC North. uh, It was the Bengals last year, uh, 10-7. and Cameron, back to you. What do you reckon? Do Do they repeat as division winners? That's a tough one in the North. It is a tough one in the North, and I genuinely think it could any single one of them. And I think that until we know the situation with the Deshaun Watson suspension, it becomes a very tough one to call. Honestly, if Watson isn't suspended, I think it's hard to look beyond the Browns. There is so much talent there. You know, obviously, Amari Cooper coming in is one hell of a weapon to add to that. You still have Chubb and Hunt in that backfield, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal running back route. There is, it's just stacked with talent. The Browns, for me on paper, the Browns have the best roster in that division and therefore it's the Browns to lose. That Watson thing comes into play. If it isn't the Browns, 
Genuinely, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. The only person it won't be is the Steelers. <laughs> I, Kenny Pickett and his tiny hands are not winning anything. Oh, so I wow, genuinely fired at Kenny Pickett. Oh, this little finger, little finger from uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. I, I, um, I know where you're coming from, but I'm going to jump in now with with, with mine for oh, that. I know where you're coming from, but MVP, MVP. Oh, Mitch I know Trubisky. Where this is going. Yes, Mitch Trubisky's going to be starting. <laughs> He's going to play well, and I, I, you know, like we said with Belichick, I have so much faith in Mike Tomlin. So much faith in Mike Tomlin. Um, I think the Steelers may clinch this from the Bengals. I think Bengals will be second. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Ravens third, Browns last, regardless of whether or not Sean Watson plays. Oofed. Yep. Wow. I think Browns are going to do Browns things. Something will happen and they will finish in the last place this year. Karma will come. It will. Karma will come crashing down. Whether or not Deshaun Watson starts a single game this year or not, I've got the Browns finishing last. Dave, chucking over to you. Hit us. AFC North. So if uh, Mitch starts, Steelers are going to be fourth. Um, in, I, I, in the entire NFL. <laughs> in the entire... Well, well, well uh, I, I think there's... See, you can tell us when it's going to start raining because your head's so high up in the clouds with that one. I think Mitch is one of the most overrated quarterbacks. How, who is overrating? How is he overrated? Mitch Trubisky. Oh, oh, no, just, but there's not a single person who overrates <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Uh, yeah, no one rates him. He can't be overrated, so he, because no one rates him. Fair enough. That's a fair <laughs> point. I'll give you that. But um, I, I, th- I do. I actually think that if the Ravens can keep everyone fit, I think they might sneak this. I, I think it's going to be really tight um, between the. I think Bengals have got more, uh, more weapons, more protection for uh, Joe Burrow's. If if he can stay fit, I think they learned from the when he went down injured so early on and suffered for the rest of the year. But I think they kind of did learn from that. I think the Browns. I mean, I I hope I hope they end up fourth. I I would I, I really do. I I think from the from their looking at their roster, I I agree with Cameron. It's that they are kind of the the ones to beat. But I think if the Ravens can really get their scheme going, they can keep their top players healthy. Um, I mean, Lamar didn't play much of last year, or I did, and when he did, he wasn't playing up to his full potential. I think the Ravens have. A bit of work to do there, but if they can do it in the off season and they can get uh, their scheme going, play to Lamar's strength, play to the, the strengths of the players that they do have, I think they could be a force to be reckoned with in the entire AFC, let alone just in North. So um, I I, I want to say the Ravens as my little sneaky pick there, okay. and I hope the Browns fourth, but I fear the Steelers. <laughs> uh, Jake, what do you reckon? Well, I've after listening to you guys, I've changed my pick. I was going to pick the Ravens, but I cannot believe. The disrespect on the Louisiana Bengals. I mean, they won the division. <laughs> they were in the Super Bowl. You know, what, what are we doing, guys? I, I, I am now firmly rooting for the Bengals. The, well, the the only reason that I'm not going with the not going with the Bengals is because last season they won the division by half a game, and they were two games from being bottom. There, there was only but two games. No one in, them to be there. I, I I know that. I'm, I'm just saying. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong because I'm, I'm probably wrong. Them. Yeah, have the other teams kind of you know thought? Oh well, we've got a lot to work with now to watch the Bengals after what they did last season. So could they get found out? I, I mean, a lot of the other kind of um, maybe more well-established teams uh, in recent years have got carried on and been you know been great consistently. But 
have the Bengals kind of, you know, they, they did get to the Super Bowl, but at the same time, they know, people know what to expect with Joe Burrows now. I mean, just get to him quickly, he's done. People know how to stop Lamar Jackson, but it doesn't mean you can stop him. I was uh, going to pick the Ravens because that defensive backfield is yeah. stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to shout out the Bengals. If there's any Bengals listeners out there, don't worry. I, I have you. I've got you covered. Jake's got It's just the Louisiana factor. That's all it is. Yeah. That's yeah, what it is. It is That's what biased. it is. You know what? Cameron's going to go back to his own podcast again. You should hear these guys. They talk some amount of garbage. That's what he's don't going to say. To me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to the AFC South. Um, last season, Tennessee Titans won at 12 and 5. Then it was Colts, Texans, and the Jaguars were 3 and 14. Jake, let's start off with you this time. What do you reckon uh, is going to happen in the AFC South? I would love to pick the Colts because I'm a big fan of the Colts and Chris Ballard. Mm-hmm. But the Tennessee Titans went 12 and 5, won the division with an NFL record amount of injuries. So if they could stay fit, um, it would be very impressive if they didn't repeat. You know, they managed last year with an absolutely depleted roster mm-hmm. and losing their star, you know, their star running back. Obviously, AJ Brown not being there would be interesting. Um, like I said, I'd like to pick the Colts, but I think it'll be the Titans. And who's going to finish last? Um, I mean, flip a coin. That is, yeah, there's <laughs> that, <does> that <laughs> coin flip. No, it's, it's Texans. Like, I, surely the Jaguars improve. Okay, uh, Cameron, over to you. What do you reckon, AFC South? Surely the Jaguars improve is the Groundhog Day statement of the NFL. <laughs> we have been muttering it every year. It's yet to happen. <laughs> Other than a single game at Wembley where they somehow absolutely bombarded the Ravens, I don't even know how they managed it. It's just been miserable in grief. Um, For me, I have the Colts winning this because of Matt Ryan. I think that Matt Ryan is a very, very good quarterback. Uh, I think that Carson Wentz is trash. Uh, and the Colts were still borderline relevant down towards the last day of the season. So they did that in spite of them. I think that Matt Ryan with Jonathan Taylor, with the weapons that they've got there with Pittman and what have you, I think there's a lot to like in Indianapolis. Uh, and I think that the Colts are going to win the division. I'm echoing your uh, sentiments there, Cameron. I reckon the Colts win too. I think Matt Ryan is enough of an upgrade on that uh, at the quarterback position over Carson Wentz that they they can seriously improve. That loss to Jacksonville in the last game of the season was mind-blowing how that happened. Um, I think Reich, Frank Reich knows exactly what he's doing. I think they've got the best offensive line in football. I think they've got the most effective running back in football, not taking anything away from Derrick Henry, but uh, obviously behind that offensive line, Jonathan Taylor was tearing it up last year. Um, I've got the Colts winning, and I have no idea who's going to finish last, because as you guys say, flip a coin, um, I'm going to see the Jaguars finish last again, because um, I know that they will probably improve, um, but I don't think they'll improve enough. And I think the Texans are actually going to improve more than people think. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the, the Titans to win and Jaguars to finish last. Dave, you're the last man standing. AFC South. I was going to go full and wholeheartedly with the Colts up until I heard Jake. I, I, I'm questioning my own decisions. I think the Colts will just edge it, though. Um, because I think, if memory serves me right, they've, they did sign Stefan Gilmore as well, which is a, you know, that's a big upgrade as well. A lot of experience there. Um, and 
you know, they've they've got they've made have made some improvements. Matt Ryan, is he enough? I think yes, I want to say, but you know, we did discuss this last year. The Colts that um or sorry, the Jaguars did actually show up on the last day of the season, maybe like 17 weeks too late, but at the same time they did show up. Um you you thought you've got is it uh, Nick Foles is at the Colts now? He I think yes, he's, he is. A, he's yes, the backup yes, for Matt Ryan. Yeah, I thought yeah, he is a backup. Yeah, but that like we said last week, he's the best backup there is in the in the entire league. So anything happens to Matt Ryan, which you know, I it's hard to see happening because they do have one of the best uh, offensive lines in the entire league. And you said it yourself, you, it's a good case. You've got a good case for them to be the best one. But um, yeah, I think it. I think it could come down to injuries. And, you know, we spoke about injuries quite in depth in the last few weeks. That's injuries have played a massive part in the last two seasons. So I think it could be a case that, well, it didn't affect the Titans too bad until the playoffs. But yeah, I've, I've got a little bit more faith in the Colts this year. Um, and mine is Carson Wentz, which is, uh, I, I mean, it, it's a flip between Carson Wentz and Jared Goff of which one that I think is the biggest Anyway, um, the, just the bit, he was just not the most overrated starting quarterback. I mean, we can't put Mitch in there because, you know, uh, Kenny Pickett is obviously going to be. Oh, get um, out of here. <laughs> God, stop just, talking now. I just, no, just, enough. Yeah. Enough. Colts, Colts first, <laughs> Titans second, Jags third, but an improved Jags third, and okay. uh, Texans first, uh, going to be first pick. Oh, first pick, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh. so moving on to the um, always easy to predict AFC West. <laughs> Last year, we had the Chiefs at 12 and 5, Raiders 10 and 7, the LA Chargers 9 and 8, and the Denver Broncos at 7 and 10. Uh, Cameron, what do you reckon? Who's going to win first in the AFC West and who's going to come last? So, oh, I mean, this is <laughs> wild. There is. There is no team that I would describe as an octave shifter that would be presented to me. By that, what I mean mm. is the team that when someone goes, this team's going to win the division, and you go, really? Um, there's nobody can get you out of the range that you currently sit in. Because every single one of them's believable. The only thing I think that's not believable is to hear the Chiefs finishing last. I don't think that happens. The only way that happens is if Mahomes goes down injured. I think that last is the Broncos or the Raiders. Oh, I don't see it being anybody I else. It. I feel that one. I feel it. Right yeah, now. I'm sorry. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos won it. Well, see, I this is the thing. Everyone, everyone that I've, I've seen, all the experts have been seeing, um, the Chiefs will probably win, and the bottom is between the Broncos and the Raiders. That's what every, like everyone on NFL Network is saying that. Um, but they're saying, you know, the Chargers might win. I'm throwing a spanner right in the works here, gentlemen. Right in the works. If you think I'm not rooting for my Broncos to go first, you're insane. You don't know me at all. Broncos to win the AFC West. Last place, I'm taking the Chargers. <gasps> yeah. I think the Raiders will do enough to finish third. I'm going Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders and Chargers. Purely because, as you say, someone has to finish last. Um, and I just think, although I think the Chargers have improved immensely, especially on defense, they've had this history of being an insanely talented team, but just not getting it done. So I think the Chargers finish last. Um, I'm taking Broncos first. Uh, Dave, it's all yours. AFC West. 
Oh man, just give give me rocket sir, you know, rocket science and brain surgery over this instead of you know this prediction. I will make a bit of an insane one and say that the Chargers will also finish last. I I am in that camp. I think the Chargers nice. will finish last. I think it's going to be a toss up between the three. I think there's going to be one game between all three of them. Uh, you know, looking at the schedule, I think the Chiefs might even miss out on the playoffs. I think it, that's that's how Oof. tight it's going to be. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think Herbert is really great. I think he's got a lot more potential um, than everyone except for Mahomes at quarterback. I, I think he can be as good as Russell Wilson, but you can't compare the two because they are different types of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe one year too early for the Chargers. Um, I think if they can embed themselves as a group, they've got players that are, you know, they're not on short-term deals. But apart from that, yeah, I I, th- I think we'll go for... Uh, I, I don't know. I can't tell you, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. I think, that, I, th- I think the Chiefs will get third. Chiefs will go third. Uh, Jake, uh, UFC West, what do you reckon? I might be different. I like to be different. Chargers win it. Oh, wow. Okay. Chargers win it. Chiefs in second. Raiders in third. Broncos in fourth. I don't need to sit on a fence. I don't need to sit on a fence. Sticking it to me. That is the way it happens. You just, I've got faith in the Chargers. Oh, fourth for the Broncos. Well, well, here's the the thing. Well, unlike you, Dave, I didn't sit on a fence. You know, you asked me a question. Don't don't ask me a question you don't want an answer to. You sat on the fence and fell onto the fence post. Here's (laughs) the the thing, Jake. You, You might be absolutely right with that. With with your predictions, but I honestly think that there's a chance, a, a good chance, all four teams from this division make the playoffs. It's never happened so, before. I don't think has it. I don't think need to fact check that. I honestly believe that whoever finishes fourth in this division could be twelve and five, and and getting as a wild card. It's it's a possibility. Um, so that's the AFC taken care of. Next, we are going on to the NFC, NFC East. Last season, we had the Dallas Cowboys at 12 and 5, and followed by the Eagles, the Washington football team, as they were known back then, and then the New York football giants, propping everyone up at 4 and 13. Take it back to you, Cameron, again, uh, being our guest. What do you reckon is going to happen with the NFC East? So Washington are going to suck. Uh, I don't think that's news to anybody. Um, <laughs> but the, the winning, right, who could be the winners? So I want to say the Giants because of the Scottish connection. I would love mm-hmm. it to be the Giants because of that. I think that whilst the Eagles have added a hell of a lot of pieces, for me there's still too many questions about what Hurts is as a quarterback. And is he actually capable of really leading that team to wins? Whereas I think the Cowboys have probably still got enough pieces and enough experience there to continue to be the top dog, so I still have it going to Dallas. Dave, any objections to that or arguments with that, I should say? Zero. I'm I'm rooting for the Giants. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for the Giants. I think it may be the Cowboys, though. Um, I don't don't think the Eagles have quite improved enough. yeah, I think it's going to be a tight one, but for the wrong reasons. Um, I think it's, it, it. I think it could be a case where all four teams again have a losing record, but I think the Giants have improved, but they're just a year too early again. Same, similar to the Jets, I think they've both gone for brilliant building blocks. 
but I think it may just be a year too early. Rooting for the Giants, I, I, I fear it's going to be the Cowboys again, and then they're just going to kind of uh, put in a, a poor performance early on in the playoffs. And yep, Bob's your uncle. We're back to a standard, <laughs> a standard NFC East. Jake, what do you think? NFC East. Never fear. I'm here with good news. Dating back to 2007, when the Dallas Cowboys finished first, the next year they suck. Um, so 13 and 3, followed by 9 and 7. 11 and 5, followed by 6 and 10. Move forward to 2014, they went 12 and 4. Next year, 4 and 12. So what you're saying is the Cowboys are going to, going to suck this they year. They suck. Okay, they suck. so Sorry. who wins the division? Eagles. I've, I've been on the Eagles train. They've got a great um, depth chart when you look at it. They address the big need in Bradbury. Eagles by our landslide. Okay, and who's who's propping up the rest? I mean, Washington. I think we're all in agreement with Washington, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. Um, yes. I, 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 think, I think the Cowboys are going to do it as well. I think the Cowboys are going to edge out the Eagles. I think it'll be close. They're not going to win it by seven games, or four games like they did last uh, last season. But I think I think it's going to be close. Um, but I've got the, the Redskins at the bottom. Uh, moving on to the NFC North. Uh, I'll take this one first. And... <sighs> Sorry, it's it's going to be the Packers again. I, I can't see anyone beating the Packers. I just don't trust the Vikings. And I don't think the Bears are good enough. And although the Lions had a fantastic draft, um, I don't think they're going to do it. I'm taking Packers to win. I'm taking, do you know what? I'm taking Vikings to be bottom. Oh, I'm going Packers, Lions, Bears, Vikings. There we go. Jake, it's all yours. I'm pretty much in agreement. Packers first, not even competitive. Second, third, and fourth could be very close. Mm -hmm. I also want to uh, back MCDC and the Lions. Yeah, I reckon that's going to be good. And who's going to be last, did you see? Sorry, sorry, Heather. It's going to be the Bears. Um, Cameron, what about you? Yep, the Bears are going to finish last. I think Mm. that that's... Not only that, um, I'm going to commit to this one and say that the Bears will either have the first or second pick. Ouch. Oh, so- well, they did lose Mitch Trubisky, so, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, so. by the Absolutely. Big- that's going to happen. I mean, that's going to happen. Uh, D- <laughs> Sorry, who's the, uh, so you reckon Bears last, Packers first? Yeah, yeah. Packers first. It's, it's yeah. nobody else. Right. The, the, I actually think the Vi- you have the bottom. I think the Vikings have an outside chance of sneaking it, but I think it's I think it's Green Bay. The Devontae Adams loss. Let's see how much that actually impacts them. Um, but you know, with Aaron Rodgers, it's just going to be going to be Packers until it's someone else. If it's anyone else, it's the Vikings. Yeah, I, progress I see where you're coming from with the, the Devontae Adams thing. I said the same thing about Tidy Kill leaving Kansas City. Mahomes will be absolutely fine with that. Um, NFC. Oh, sorry, Dave. Dave. Did you did you give us your NFC North? Uh, no, but it's it's. I mean, everyone said everything I was thinking. Packers first. It's going to be a toss up between the Lions and the Vikings for second and third. And I think the Texans and the Bears are going to be trying to <laughs> lose come week seventeen, week eighteen to get see who gets first pick. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to say the the Bears are going to struggle again this year. I'm afraid. Oh dear. Um, okay, moving to the NFC South. Um, last year was the Buccaneers, and then we had the Saints, the Falcons. Panthers last place. Uh, Jake, I'll give it to you. You're a Saints man. NFC South. I'm gonna pick the book. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the books to get swept again. Am I <laughs> oh right? my goodness! Uh, was it the books to win? No, to get swept once right, again. Right. Oh, six Brady. Um, yeah, it's gonna be the Saints. Not even close. James yep. Winston. Love it. Um, then I'll be the books very closely behind. Um, and then there'll probably be about an eight game 
gap to the next two teams, I'm going to say the Falcons come last. Right, you are. Uh, Cameron, what do you reckon? Yep, I've got the Falcons last as well. I can't see anything but that being the outcome. I've got the Bucks winning the division <clears> still. <throat> but, um, and I know that you guys are potentially going to be talking about some early um, predictions, wild ones. All prediction I have on this one, I think if Jameis Winston remains fit, he will throw for more yards than Tom Brady does next. I think so as well. Act. On one pass. More air yards. More air yards, that's for sure. Um, Dave, NFC <laughs> <laughs> South, what do you reckon? Oh, I, I, I think that it, it'll be a bit, uh, a bit more competitive next year. I think I'm going to go and say that the Bucks edge it. Um, <laughs> And the the Saints oh, are also second. Uh, you okay? Uh, but I, I think the Panthers and the Falcons are just trying to not finish last in in that division. So yeah, uh, it's I, I want the Saints to be first, but I, I, I'm struggling just to see. I think the the experience with Brady might pay off, and I think Winston is just not quite. He's a bit of a liability sometimes. Ah, so. not at all, not at all. Jim's <laughs> okay. All right, uh, we'll see. Uh, I've got the Saints finishing first. Um, yes. I, absolutely. I've got the Falcons second. I've got the Buccaneers third and the Panthers, unfortunately, last. I want the Panthers to beat the Bucks, and I want the Bucks to be last. I want Brady to finish bottom of the division. Uh, I just can't stand the man at all. So um, I want that to happen. But I think the Saints will win. I, I believe that. Uh, I'm with you, Cameron. If Jameis stays healthy, he is good enough. The Saints have added enough to the mix to really improve it, and I think the Saints are going to win that division. Uh, but I do think the Panthers will finish last. Um, and finally, NFC West. Uh, Cameron, you're NFC West. I know you are, Dave, but we're going to go over to the AFC, uh, NFC West. Um, it was last year was Rams at twelve and five, Cardinals eleven six, Niners ten and seven, and then the Seahawks at seven and ten. It was very close at the top. Um, Cameron, who's going to win the NFC West? So the, for, the, for me to say San Francisco, there's two questions need to be answered. One is, what is Trey Lance? Is he what we hope he might be? Or is he what the media currently thinks he could well be? Um, if he is the great player that's worth that move to go and get him. Uh, and the second question that needs to be answered is, what's Debo's head like? Is Debo in this game? Is he here to play? If he's going to turn up and do what he needs to do? then I think the Niners have a chance. If Debo decides he's going to hold out or decide he's not going to play or wear anything like that, Trey Lance doesn't turn out to be the player, we could finish last, second, last. Can we finish last? Uh, I don't know that we no. could. Hopefully Seattle's last. Like, yeah. hopefully there's there's, there's last. no way the Seahawks aren't finishing last. Um, and I think that there's probably enough in a Kyle Shanahan team to get things going enough that we can we can not finish last. But um, So I my my heart wants to say... San Francisco, my head says it's LA Rams. Uh, it continues to be, even without Aaron Donald, if he's not going to retire. That's just a bargaining chip. Um, there's no way. But I think that the Rams have continued to be stacked. They continue to make moves, continue to add players. Alan Robinson coming in as wide receiver, you know, just another weapon for Matt Stafford, who is a great quarterback. I, I see the Rams winning this. I see Seattle finishing bottom. Jake, NFC West. Uh, Rams, comfortably. But yep. I think the 49ers will be second. Mm -hmm. I think at the halfway stage, the Cardinals will be first, and then they will do Cardinals things and just like every collapse as yep. usual. Yes. Um, but then 
they will be outdone by the Seahawks, who, if they win five, six games, I'll be impressed. Dave, what do you reckon? Uh, I think you, we, we all know where this is going to go. Uh, I do think that the Rams are going to win, uh, even though we've been statistically given the hardest schedule in the entire NFL. Quite uh, right. You're Super Bowl I, I, winners. You deserve it. Right. Totally agree. Right. Do you know what? Dumb and dumber, right? Pipe down, okay? Listen, <laughs> this, is, this, this is not Look. the 2000s Patriots. Look, when every, uh, every year they won the Super Bowl, they then got the easiest schedule. No, I you need to work for it. I didn't think we could get better, but we are. We have improved our roster, I feel. We, we have lost some some people uh, that have been, you know, they played a big part last year. We, we've, uh, I think we've improved. Um, we, we did lose Von Miller. That's the only big loss. OBJ as well, a little bit, but that still could happen. Uh, Rams first. Um, I think it's going to. I think the Seahawks are going to finish last, but I think exactly the same that the cards are going to fade away towards the end. I do. Th- I think the 49ers will actually pick up and probably pick up the playoffs uh, come the end of the the season. So, yep. Apart from that, uh, I Rams first. Then that's all that matters. Who no one else cares about the rest of the three. Well, um, I I have to agree with you all. Uh, I've got the Rams finishing first. I think the Niners finish second. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, he can win with thoroughbreds, he can win with plough horses. Um, and he's proved it, and I think they've done enough. As long as, as you mentioned, the Debo Samuel thing, I think the 49ers will be absolutely fine. I think they're going to edge out the Cardinals for second place, and the Seahawks may go 3-14 and 14 this year. I think they're just going to be absolutely terrible. I certainly hope to go 3-14 and 14 this year. Uh, that rounds up our division winners. Uh, and also, unfortunately, gentlemen, we need to say farewell to Cameron. Cameron, thank you so much for coming along. I really, really appreciate it. And of course, um, if you want to give your show a wee shout out there, it's the uh, NFL Scotland podcast. I believe you can be found on Twitter as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. At Scotland NFL on Twitter um, can be found on all your favorite podcasts. We're on Spotify, <laughs> Amazon Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, the whole shebang. Get on there. Give us a review. Come and listen. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sorry that I need to dash. I have a seven-week-old baby, um, so I have more than uh, used up all my brownie points chatting mm-hmm. NFL, so <laughs> I'm away to, to do other duties. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed chatting to you guys, uh, and hopefully we'll speak again soon. Cameron Hobbs, gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, thank you, Cameron. So uh, that was Cameron Hobbs from the NFL Scotland podcast. It says you can find him on Twitter and, and of course, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts, you'll find him on there as well. Um, Now, gentlemen, we do have just a couple of things left to do. So we really do need to introduce a segment that we haven't done since week one. And now it's time for Stupid Early Predictions. Now, my initial stupid early prediction was that Carson Wentz is going to the Pro Bowl this year, uh, but then he got traded to the Reds, to the, the, I keep doing that. Oh, my word. He got traded to the Washington Commanders. Uh, I'll never get used to that. Um, And so we know that's not going to happen now, and that's the only reason, obviously, this was before he got traded. So I would have been right, but obviously that's gone out the window. So uh, we do have to come up with a stupid early prediction. Jake, I'm going to throw it to you. What is your stupid early prediction for this year, for this upcoming season? I've got to go on the back of yours and, and, and correct our mistake as a podcast. So my stupid early prediction is that Carson Wentz does not set out the season as a starter. But I thought that's pretty tame. You know, that, that might happen. You know, that's, that's an easy fence to sit on. So I'm going to make it spicy. And I predict his last game as a starter will be after facing the Eagles in Philadelphia in week 10. 
Week mm. 10 will be his Week last 10. game. Ooh, yeah. So, so oh, no, obviously, obviously, face- barring injuries, we we understand that. That's that's yeah. a given. Barring injuries. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, they face the face the Colts in Indianapolis in week eight, so he's got a little revenge tour there. Um, but I think he loses his job after playing the Eagles in Philadelphia. They have a very adequate backup um, in Taylor Heineke. Started they fifteen do. games last season. I like Heineke. Yep, sixty-five percent completion rate mm-hmm. um, in two less games through one hundred and fourteen less yards. Um, Land Wentz, I think he's more than capable to do the job, and we'll see out the season. There we go, Dave. What do you reckon? What's your stupid early prediction? Well, I think that I I, I was between two. I'll be completely honest, and they were both quarterback orientated. So um, I'll you know I'll say them both, but I'll let you both have your own opinions on them. I think that Mark Mariota mm-hmm. and Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. will be replaced before week 12. I think both of them will be replaced by their respective teams before week 12. They will have... Ellen Corbeck's out here. I, I, I genuinely think that they will both be gone. And the the third one I was going to include that as well was uh, across the city of New York with the Jets. I thought maybe they might... I, I was thinking maybe Zach Wilson would be replaced as well before week 12, but... I was looking as well of who could possibly replace him. I think is it Mike, Mike White. White. Mike White, Mike yes. White. Mike, Mike White, and then Flacco Dynamite. as well. Um, so I was thinking, well, maybe they might actually just hang on. They might be better off without. But Mike White, it would be a potential one. I think that quarterbacks are good. By about 11, week 11, week 12, there's going to be a good few quarterbacks that are uh, replaced. So I, I, and I think Daniel Jones and Mariota are the prime ones for that. Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, oh, and Zach oh, Wilson. Mariotta have been shortened. Yes. And Zach Wilson. Don't worry about that. So um, I'm going to go out and I've got three predictions in one. So I see this upcoming season, the NFL's leading passer in yards is Jameis Winston of the New oh, Orleans Saints. Yeah, Lord. I knew yep. that. He's I going to surpass 5,000 yards. And he's going to be the leading passer. Yeah, Jameis Winston is going to turn it on right out of the gates. Um, I also think that the leading rusher this year, Javante Williams for the Denver Broncos, boom, (laughs) dropped it. He's going for 1,750 yards or thereabouts, give or take a percentage. I'm not sure what that percentage is. Anything between 0 and 100. But he's going for 1,750 yards. Um, And keeping it in the AFC West, and I hate to do this, I think Devontae Adams is going to be the leading receiver. Do you think he's going to adopt the same role that Rodgers basically gave him? As He's going to be wide receiver one. He's going to be targeted so much. He's going to be successful. I think that David Carr is so happy to have Devontae Adams back. And Derek back Carr. in his life. Uh, sorry, what did I say? <laughs> uh, David. Da- <laughs> hey, oh. maybe David is happy. I don't uh, know. I bet he is happy for Derek. Yeah, Derek yeah. Carr. Hey, David Carr, best here on television. Uh, Derek Carr is so happy to have Devontae Adams back. It's going to be like backyard football for these guys. He's going to be looking for him 
every single read. He's going to be checking out the runs to the pass just so we can throw to Devontae Adams. And I think Devontae Adams is going to have a massive season. I, I'm not saying it's going to be effective enough that... Uh, you know the Raiders are going to you know win the division. I'm not not seeing that, but I think I think Derek Carr is just going to be slinging it to Devontae Adams 20 times a game, easy. So I'm seeing Devontae Adams leads the league in receiving. I see Devontae Williams leads the league in rushing, and Jameis Winston leads the league in passing. That's my stupid early prediction. I don't think Devontae Adams uh, Devontae Adams is a stupid early prediction. I think it's just an early prediction. I think that's very, very plausible. Well, but it's um, it's stupidly early. You know, he might got a hundred days to the season. You know, 100, a hundred season. Only anything could happen. Yeah. So uh well, that is, is our, that is our stupid early predictions. Gentlemen, we do have one final segment before we finish up. Um so we really do have to end with this one. And it is, of course Random Stats. Who'd like to start us off with a random stat this week? I feel like I've not gone first in a while, and I've got a nice it's not a long one. It's all yours, Jake. Oh, okay. I'll phrase it as a question rather than starting it as a, the player, but there is one player in history to score touchdowns by blocking a punt, by returning a punt, an interception, and a fumble. Can you name them? Blocking a punt, returning a punt, a fumble, return, and an interception. All the above. <sighs> so it's a defensive player. Yes. So we know that. I don't know if he ever returned punts, but I know he definitely had at least an interception and a fumble. I want to say Brian Dawkins for the Great Philadelphia guess. Eagles and then latter uh, with the Broncos. But um, he was doing it all with the Eagles. I'm going to say Brian Dawkins. I love it. I love it, Dave. I mean, I, I, f- I feel like I've seen, I've heard of this stat before. I um, Now, I think I'm getting too mixed up for, and for obvious reasons when I say it. So um, because uh, I was thinking, yeah, it's got to be a defensive back. Who was a defensive back that used to return it in the last kind of 15, 20 years? And I was thinking maybe D'Angelo Hall, but I think I'm just getting him mixed up with his namesake because he was the king of returning. Um but I, I, I thought that uh, D'Angelo Hall was a returner for a period of time as well. So I thought that it could be him. But I, I, I'm kind of on uh, Niels' uh, wagon here with Brian Dawkins. I think that's a fantastic guess. It is a great guess. It's not correct. Ah, no. um, <laughs> it is the native Louisianan, Ed Reed. Ed Reed? Oh, I didn't know he returned Reed. kicks. Man, that can do everything. He could probably have played tight end. Ed Reed was a special player. I mean, uh, look at it. Like, it's just the records he holds and will continue to hold. I mean, what a player. Ed Reed gave an interview not that long ago where they were analysing a play by Peyton Manning that, you know, during the season, he had analysed Peyton's movement and honestly, some of the things, I think it was Bill Belichick was around this table at the time when he was uh, giving his analysis of it. And he knew that every time he pumped fake uh, at, at certain times, he was always going that same way. So what he did was he purposely opened his body up to make it look like he was going in one direction, knowing fully where Peyton was going. And then Peyton did his thing, went to throw it, 
straight to Ed Reed for an interception. And he, he had analysed that through about 16, 17 weeks worth of gameplay footage, knowing that as soon as he saw that pump fake, he knew where uh, Peyton Manning was going. He knew where he had to go uh, to get the interception. He knew what position he had to be. And Bill Belichick said that was the greatest defensive play he had ever seen. So Ed Reed was that to basically sum up the man that he was just one of the best defensive backs ever to play in the league. Mm, definitely. Definitely. No wonder Surefire Hall of Famer, Ed Reed. Oh, oh I mean, never it's, it's in question. Never, never in question. First um, ballot. Absolutely. Mm. Dave, uh, would you like to give us your random stat? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, so... Obviously, last week we had uh, Ewan Mc- the final Ewan McPhail's draft day fails. We did. So I thought, you know, I, I, it got me thinking, was there any kind of obscure things that happened with the draft that I could uh, maybe find that would be really interesting? There was one. So back in 1988, now, apparently, the 1988 draft slightly scarred the league in drafting linebackers as first overall. Because we had a player who was drafted first overall in the 1988 NFL draft. And that was by the Falcons, by the way. So, you know, big shout out there. Um, so, Andre Bruce, six foot five inch, 270 pound linebacker out of Auburn. Now, he had a lot of hype and he was the last linebacker to be drafted number one overall. Now, he was drafted to the Falcons and he had a decent start to his uh, career with the Falcons. He started, he, he didn't start every game, but he played in every game of his first uh, three seasons anyway. Uh, so he got three interceptions, four, uh, four forced fumbles in his first two, mm-hmm. uh, and then doubled that tally in year three. Now, he got uh, a combined amount of 16 sacks in the first three seasons. However, he was then shifted on to one to the LA Raiders. Now, he was at he was at the Raiders for seven years, and he was only in the NFL for a, uh, a total of 11, 11 seasons. Now, for some reason, that final year in Atlanta, he was at Atlanta for four years, but played in 14 games, didn't rack up enough stats, didn't do enough as far as the Falcons were concerned, so they, he was shifted on to the Raiders. Now, I think, from what I can see, from what I've seen, I've had a look for gameplay footage because I did not even notice there was a linebacker drafted as far as recent as the as eighty eight. I think that this this man actually scarred the NFL because he played consistently for the Raiders, but only started in his eleven years. He started forty two games, which equates to less than three seasons. So he he did have injury problems. He never went to a Pro Bowl despite being the first round pick of the draft of the 1988 draft. He was never voted to the Pro Bowl. He had a de- decent first three seasons coming out of uh, college. After that, he was just kind of there to make up the numbers is what it seems. So big, out, big, big shout out to Andre Bruce. But I think that there are players who are, as we just said, first ballot Hall of Famers that would have been that were linebackers. You've got Ray Lewis, Erlacher, in my opinion, since then, that have come out into the league. Andre Bruce put off a lot of teams from drafting a quarterback, uh, linebacker sorry, as first pick in the draft. So is the stat that I'm actually going for in an 11-year career where he started 
42 games only. He played and participated in 151 games and he got four interceptions, nine forced fumbles in his entire career, but he got 32 sacks in those 42 games that he did play, he did start in. Oof. So he's, he was, he was, he had such an up and down career that I think NFL teams were just a little bit scarred by what they saw, the lack of consistency as well. But it shows that number being number one pick in the draft does not guarantee success in the league. That's very true. We all know that. But uh, that's not great production for a first overall, is it? And no Pro Bowl. That's what. That's what kind of. Even though in his first couple of years he was showing all the potential that got him that first pick. You know, he, he got two interceptions from linebacker. Uh, two in his first year, two forced fumbles as well. Six sacks in his first year as well. But just went. It kind of went downhill. He had maybe a couple of troubling injuries, and he was just never the same after. Yeah. But you know, it, it's uh, consistency is the key in the league, and that is not something uh, that uh, Andre Bruce had. So. Yeah, that's my random stat for this week. There you go. Okay, so my random stat actually um, leads on from last week's random stat. Uh, because I, I found this out when I was um, re- researching last week. Now, last week, I don't know if you remember, I'd spoken about Norm Wildman Willie with his 17 sacks in one game for the Eagles back in 1952. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, of course, it, as I said, completely unofficial. Well... In 2020, uh, sorry, in 2021, TJ Watt led the league in sacks, 22 and a half. Um, and he also led the league in 2020 uh, with sacks. And he actually was the first player to repeat back-to-back sack leaders, 2020 and 2021, um, all the way back to 1987-88, when Reggie White led the league um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I had me thinking when I was looking through this, has anyone done it more than twice? Mark Gastineau did it in 1983, 1984. Several players, in fact, 11 players have led the league in sacks twice. Three of them have done it back-to-back. Mark Gastineau, Reggie White, and T.J. Watt. But as we alluded to last week, official stats weren't kept before 1982. Uh, but Wikipedia and Pro Football Reference have since, uh, you know, they've analysed all the, the 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 game logs and everything, and they've put up what the unofficial stats are. And there is someone who's led the league more than twice, and it's a Los Angeles Ram, Dave. And it's, it's someone that... It, it's someone that I actually mentioned last uh, last week as well. One Deacon Jones. Now, Deacon Jones um, actually led the league in sacks five times, including 64-65, 67-68, and 69. There's a reason Deacon Jones was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Because in those years, he had sacks of uh, 1964, 20 and a half, 1965, 19, 1967, 21 and a half, 1968, 22, and 1969, 15. Deacon Jones led the league in sacks five 
times. And it was actually five times in six years that he led the league in sacks. He was an absolute monster. Um, and probably, you know, like one of the, the greatest defensive linemen of all time. The Rams have actually had a player lead the league in sacks 10 times in total, Aaron Donald being the last person to do it in 2018. No other team has more than five. And in fact, there was the, the Minnesota Vikings um, had five uh, when Jared Allen uh, led the league in 2011. And the New York Giants, when Michael Strahan uh, in twenty, sorry, in two thousand one, um, set the official NFL record of twenty two and a half, which was of course tied by T.J. Watt. So yeah, it's a double whammy really. The Rams have had more sack leaders than any other team with ten, and Deacon Jones is five of them, and that happened in a six year span. Deacon Jones, absolutely incredible. What a guy. I'm here for any random stat that brings up Deacon Jones and the Minister of Defence, Reggie White. I'm I'm here for it. Oh, uh, Reggie White. I, I was I was watching a thing, um, and it was about the top ten Philadelphia Eagles players of all time, and uh, they'd mentioned Jerome Brown. Now a lot of people mm -hmm. don't know who Jerome Brown is. Obviously, you do, Jake. Um, Jerome Brown yes. was a monster. He was. Arguably the best defensive tackle in the league at the time. Um, he tragically passed away. And um, him him and Reggie White on the same defensive line. The 90, I think it was the 1991 Philadelphia Eagles. They um, had set a record. They did allow the fewest rushing yards and fewest passing yards and led the NFL in sacks. It, it was just that, that defense was absolutely incredible um buddy ryan buddy ryan's defense and uh, uh yeah jerome brown was just absolutely insane and reggie white was just the 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 best defensive end arguably the best defensive end of all time some people will say bruce smith because he holds the record for sacks um but reggie white was unstoppable just absolutely unstoppable. it, it seemed like every single snap he was in the backfield just incredible. And yeah, Deacon Jones, the man who coined the term sack, sack the quarterback. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, back in the day for the Rams. So that's my random stat. Do we have anything else, gentlemen, before we sign off? I think that it's everything. I'm really happy and proud of us having our first guest. A massive shout out to Cameron for giving up such, you know, <laughs> just so generous with his time. It was uh, lovely, yes. to, lovely of him to do that. Particularly with a seven-week-old in the house. Oh, yes. That's yeah, absolutely. I mean, I the first time I listened to the NFL Scotland podcast was back in lockdown, I believe it was, around 2020. Mm -hmm. And I think it was when he, they were having an interview with Nat Coombs. So that, you know, I, I, I've look, kind of listened on off. I did my very best not to fangirl over him. I did try to convert him <laughs> to being anyone that wasn't a 49ers fan. So I stupidly picked the Jets. Um, Tell me but, the Jets. Come on. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we need some... They, they they need all the support they can get to be honest, <laughs> but I think um, we're you know I'm I'm so happy we, we've we've had our first guest and it's such a fantastic guest I'm so glad that we uh, we were able to get him on um, also big shout out for um, Deacon Jones as well because just like you said he coined the phrase sack the quarterback and uh, I, I remember watching him on NFL films he said you get all the offensive linemen you put them in the bag then you beat them with a baseball bat <laughs> and then you get the quarterback and that's you you sack him and bag him 
So that is Deacon Jones. Fantastic start. What a way to end the show. Absolutely. Uh, yes, a huge thanks to Cameron Hobbs uh, for coming along. The first of hopefully uh, many guests to come in the future. Uh, gentlemen, as always, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jake. Thank you very much, sir. And thank you, Dave. Yes, let's go, guys. And thank you to everyone who's been listening in. Really appreciate it. Uh, keep the questions coming. Um, and of course, if you have any other uh, topics of conversation for us, you can find us on Twitter at The WinFL Show. You can also find myself, Jake, and Dave as well. Um, once again, next week, we're going to be looking more in depth at each division as we go forward. We'll also be covering all uh, the latest uh, news around the NFL. Of course, we're going to keep Jake's hot takes. We may have the return of Dave's goal shaves. And of course, we've got absolutely gonna have to have random stats uh, i've been ian mckinnon i've been your host you've been listening to the winfl show thank you we'll catch you next time <laughs>